Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. Uh, how are you guys doing? You good? Uh, good to see you this morning. We are going verse by verse through the book of Exodus right now. We're in Exodus today, three chapters, Exodus 25, 26, and 27. How you doing? Did you read it? Did you read every word of it? Uh, I know. Uh, honestly, this is why I stopped in the book of Exodus where we were back in 2020 because I just thought I, people aren't going to read this. And and I know when I say that, it sounds disrespectful of God's word or it makes it sound like you and I are too lazy to read hard things. But this is beyond that. Can I just say that? This is beyond that. This is very difficult to stay with it because it's just uh, an overabundance of detail of the building of the tabernacle. And we can care about it and we can love God and love his word and love the history of God's word and still think if, if you don't have to tell me how many, you know, curtain rings to make, you know, and how, and, and again, uh, it's just all of this magnificent detail. Um, uh, honestly, Nearly a third of the book of Exodus is just talking about the description of the tabernacle. And to be clear, the tabernacle is uh, the wilderness sanctuary of the people of Israel. After they are set free from bondage in Egypt, they are going to be wanderers for some period of time. And the tabernacle is their wilderness portable sanctuary. And the instructions for giving it are uh, in miraculous detail. Uh, it all happens in a story. As I've said, everything in the, in the law comes from a narrative, and this happens as Moses is meeting with God on Mount Sinai, and God gives him the blueprints, the description, I mean, every single detail down to the meat fork, you know. Uh, so what do we do with it? How, how do we read it? Well, it's okay to say out loud, this is a lot. You know, again, 13 chapters uh, in the book of Exodus are description of the tabernacle, and you don't get them once, you get them twice. We're going to read this description twice. Uh, and it's really rather amazing when you do it, and I encourage you to do it. Just go ahead and read it. But, but let's talk about what it means and how, how it functions, how to make sense of this in, in, in the book of Exodus, because several things are happening. First off, um, th there's something new happening for these people who are the people of God who have lived uh, generations in slavery. But all that's changing now. God has acted on behalf of his people, and now God is doing a new thing in salvation history. And so there are, are, are many things that are, that, that are changing here. You know, first off, they will no longer be slaves to Pharaoh, no longer living their lives in service to Pharaoh. Now they are living their lives in service to God. And that's important. It's a significant change. And the tabernacle represents that. The tabernacle represents that. They're no longer living, you know, uh, under Pharaoh's rule, but under God's rule. And remember how in, in early parts of Exodus, uh, Moses is to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go that they may worship me, you know? And so even at the time, we're like, yeah, but is that really, you know, isn't it kind of more than just worshiping? No, no. All of life is worship. 
And so the tabernacle is the place that functions as you know the center, uh, that which enables God's people to worship him. And so they're, they're worshipers. They're going to be worshipers. And so this description, you know, this devotion of so much of the book of Exodus to the place of worship underscores the fact that, that worship is important and worship defines God's people. That's important. Don't lose that. Again, I'm not saying you got to love the description of the bases that the tent poles are sitting in. I think they're made of silver. Um, I'm not saying you got to love all that, but love the fact that God's people are worshipers and that this magnificent detail, you know, given for the place of worship underscores the importance of worship. Okay, so they're no longer going to be serving Pharaoh. They're going to be serving God. Number two, uh, there have been these occasional appearances of God, you know, on Mount Sinai where the mountain, you know, trembles and, and thunders. And that's where they are right now. Don't forget that. Uh, you know, there, you know, God is off in the distance, his thunderous voice that now only Moses is going to hear. And the people of God are waiting at the bottom of this mountain. See, that's not the way it's going to be. It's not going to be God just appearing occasionally. They're going to have God's ongoing presence with them with the tabernacle. So that shift is significant, not just a God who appears, makes a cameo appearance, you know, a couple of times every now and then to remind you that he is real. No, they're going to live with God's ongoing presence, and that changes everything. Uh, the other thing is that it's not this God of the distance at the, you know, the top of the mountain in the clouds. No, God's going to come near. The tabernacle will be at the very center of the camp. And so God's presence is going to be with his people. So again, in, in all of the detail, don't lose those amazing shifts, those amazing developments as God begins to do something brand new you know, in the life of his people. Also, this, all of this detail, understand God, uh, the people have never had this. You know, they may have you know, devoted their sweat and blood and their, the strength of their backs to building these magnificent temples for, you know, for Pharaoh in Egypt. But now they are called to build gladly and freely this temple of the Lord, this portable sanctuary, which again is, is amazing. It's not going to be a fixed location, you know, the, the temple of Endor or whatever there, you know, in, in, in Egypt, you know, ain't, ain't moving that, it's still there. It, you know, thousands of years later, it's still there. But, but God is going to be on a journey now with this people. The, the sanctuary is portable. Don't forget a tabernacle is just a tent. In the course of these chapters that we're reading that describe the, 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 the tabernacle, there are some things that are intentional. There are seven speeches of God which sort of imitate the seven you know, words of creation in the book of Genesis. And, and I think that's significant. The tabernacle itself is, is, is a new creation. Uh, there are intentional callbacks to God's creation in the first place. And the tabernacle becomes this ordered world you know? And so in, in that sense, you know, this God who is himself a maker, God who is the maker of heavens and earth. And, and we have that story in Genesis. Now we have an Exodus, this, this, this new making, and, and it is a, a making of God's home among his people. And so there are echoes of, of the Genesis narrative of creation. This <clears throat> ark, ark of the covenant, it's a strange word because we only think of it as like the ark, which is 
the boat that Noah built, you know, uh, but ark isn't really a word for boat. Uh, understand that. Ark is more of a word that means sanctuary, you know. So the Ark of the Covenant is this magnificent chest, you know, that is uh, the place of meeting between God and his people, but also that chest that will contain the the, the covenant, the, the, the stone tablets the, themselves. And so that word itself is, is, is meant to say something, ark, you know. The, the ark was that sanctuary, that portable sanctuary that kept safe God's people, Noah and his family, as they were, uh, as they were uh, protected in the chaos of the world, the flood. You know, and so the sanctuary, the tabernacle itself is this kind of portable sanctuary that will protect and guard God's people as they move through the chaos of the world. Does that make any sense? In the same sense, our church is itself a sanctuary that is meant to protect God's people as we move through the chaos of the world. You know, so I just want you to make some connections like that as you read through this, you know, the incredible description of the sanctuary and all this magnificent detail. Why so much detail? Uh, well, um, we worship a living God. And, and part of what Moses is trying to convey to the people is that this is a living God. He speaks for himself, and he will tell us how he will be worshiped, and we will do everything he says to worship him the way he wants to be worshiped. You know, this is not some dumb idol that we make with our own hands. You know, this is a living God, and he will tell us how we will come into his presence, and he will tell us how he shall be worshiped, and he will tell us what kind of tabernacle he will dwell within, and we will do it exactly as he says, you know. Uh, so uh, again, stay with it. Um, for tomorrow, we'll read chapters 28, 29, and 30. Three more chapters. I know, I know, I'm reading them right beside you. But but again, uh, I'll try to point out the big stuff to you and, and keep it in a, in a context, and we will move through this. Because don't forget, don't forget, because this is an important part of this story. You get all of this description of what they're supposed to build, and we're going to read this in real time of everything they're supposed to build. And we got three more chapters tomorrow, but understand, what are they going to build when this part of the story's over? They're going to build a golden calf. Yes, they are. They are going to build a golden calf. After all of this, after we go through all this just to read it, these, you know, lame brain people are going to turn right around and, and they're going to build a golden calf. So don't forget that. Uh, there are going to be two sort of building projects uh, occupying our time in Tim with Tim. The first one is this description of what God wants them to build, and then we're going to find out what they built. And that's the story of the Exodus. So stay with me, y'all. Tomorrow, chapters 28, 29, and 30, the book of Exodus, and I will see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock, Tim with Tim. I love you guys so much. Have a great day.